You're listening to The Last Breath Podcast, your home for more deeply connecting to your inner being, your higher meaning, and your greater purpose. Because creating peace begins now. I'm your host, Dr. Tej Khalsa, MD. Let us show you how to transform stress management into something beautiful. Liberation, our summer retreat, overcoming overwhelm. Why climb when you can fly? We'll make it all easy. Check out our show notes for tickets. To all our new listeners, welcome to our global community. And to the Last Breath community, it feels great to be back home with you after so much time away. When we first started this podcast, our hope was to connect with people we love who live all around the world. This podcast has exceeded our hopes because not only have we found connection, we have been forever changed by it. The voice of one family calling out to the world from our carpeted basement here in the cornfields of southeastern Minnesota, Dakota Land, has transformed into a chorus and community of voices sending us back a response. You have welcomed us into your lives, to your kitchen tables, sharing stories of the loss of a child or the loss of a life partner. We bow to your grace. In deeply listening to what you have shared, we have heard the deeper story of how even as you risk drowning in waves of grief and sorrow, you are courageously moving through it, somehow finding a soft place to land on the indestructible shores of your own grace. Being connected to you, your honesty, your courage, has inspired us in our own authentic growth. And it has also given us pause. Pause. We paused the podcast about a year ago. We were only just getting started with the podcast, and then we stopped. Our last episode before the reboot was called Kindness Leads to Oneness, and it was supposed to be about the power of kindness, the power of kindness to elevate our relationships with one another, as well as lift us out of that feeling of being trapped, that feeling of being a victim of circumstance. We invited you to get intentional about tapping into your own inner power, your authentic kindness, and allow yourself to experience how it can carry you back home, back home to connection, to our shared oneness, our oneness as one human family. But when I listened to that episode after its release, when I dared to deeply listen, I heard a very different story being told, a story of relentless fatigue and depletion that just kept repeating itself. I listened and heard a pattern, a pattern of spiritual bypassing, spiritual bypassing. I was using kindness as a band-aid, kindness as a cover-up, kindness as a way of ignoring serious red flags, escalating cries inside of fatigue and exhaustion that I stubbornly refused to feel. I kept pushing on, pressing on, powering through, living in self-denial, and turning kindness into a form of manipulation turning kindness into a form of avoidance to bypass uncomfortable truths. Even when I sat down to meditate at the end of the day, which is the central message of this podcast, we're here to encourage you to initiate your own daily last breath practice, an evening meditation practice of deep reflection on how you want to feel when you take your last breath, something I know for sure is transformative in its potential. But. Even as I poured myself into my practice, I was simultaneously reinforcing its limits. I had designated certain uncomfortable parts of myself, my life, and the way our society works as off-limits. I had normalized those things. And the problem with normalizing things is you become blind to them. And the problem with turning a blind eye is that we become complicit. Complicit in the very things that undermine us and harm others. 
Turning a blind eye makes us complicit in perpetuating the status quo that we secretly long to change. We become part of the same problem that ails us, rather than being the solution we were born to be. My blindness, which showed up in the ways I had normalized parts of my life, the things on the outside that I had swallowed down, suppressed, and become accustomed to, in the name of survival, in the name of, well, that's just the way it is, and, well, this is just what I have to do to pay the mortgage. This constant compromising of my dreams, a constant giving in and forsaking my own value, this blindness, meant that in my meditative practice, my last breath practice, I refused to look in some places. The denial, the refusal was so powerful in me that every night when I meditated and I asked myself, when I take my last breath, how do I want to feel? I could only answer that question within the narrow prison of my own blindness, my own shrunken imagination. Listening to our last episode of the old season of the Last Breath Podcast was a huge moment of reckoning. I had to finally listen to that part of me I had been ignoring. That moment of reckoning gave me pause, a pause in chronological time of more than a year away from the podcast, in deep reflection, self-examination, in re-education. I studied. I studied theories of systems of oppression and the evidence linking them to our bodies, to our experiences of stress and poor health. I also studied how dysfunctional systems are internalized in our own self-talk, in our own self-doubts, in those private stories inside our heads we rehearse about ourselves and the world, the stories that occupy our default mode, that autopilot in the brain shaping the way we move through the world most of the time just going through the motions. For me specifically, I learned how I over-police myself. I'll give you an example. With the birth of my child, who was born with a medical condition, I knew that the medical system I was working within as a doctor was not built to support me as a mother, so I started to work on the side as an educational consultant to PAHO WHO through a cooperative agreement with Tefinet and funding through the CDC. It was my way of waking up my dreams and trying to create something new, a step forward for myself, for my baby, for my family. In order for the CDC to fund my work, I had to go and set up a business bank account. Last Breath Community... I can still remember that day, that day that I walked up to the front doors of my local bank here in southeastern Minnesota, leaning slightly to my left side because my left arm was hooked around the handle of my baby's car seat, carrying him, my right hand reaching for the steel door handle of the bank. As my hand made contact with the cold metal of the bank's front door handle, a policeman cut me off from entering. A policeman cloaked in my own self-doubt. Who do you think you are? A snide voice thundered inside me. A little bit of freezing rain was starting to sprinkle, and it was landing on the baby and I. But I remained motionless, paralyzed, and unable to open the front door to the bank. A steady stream of faces paraded in front of me, as if my mind's eye was the ticker tape of the New York Dock Exchange. The, The public faces of big tech... Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, and Steve Jobs, the faces of one very narrow demographic, drenched me in shame. I looked nothing like those folks, and my self-doubt knew it and was using it against me. My own self-doubt was policing me, trying to prevent me from entering the bank and opening up a business bank account. 
But the freezing rain and the weight of my baby in his car seat, just barely shielded from the icy temperatures by a plastic cover and a thin cotton blanket, made the situation untenable. And being apprehended at the bank's front doors like this was frankly embarrassing. At any moment, someone could walk out of the bank and accidentally hit me in the face with a door handle. So I took a deep breath. And then I began to meditate. I looked into the eye of that policeman, the specter of the three heads of big tech that seemed to be taunting me, those faces of my own self-doubt, and I said three words. Oprah did it! And that affirmation, the three sirens of big tech disappeared. The smiling face of Oprah Winfrey filled my mind. My arm was able to move again. My muscles sprung back to life and I was able to reach up and pull on the door. I opened the door to the bank, and I opened up a business bank account so this mama could get paid. Last Breath Community, this little story of opening up a business bank account is the reason I am here to gently remind you in every episode to establish your own daily meditative practice. I call it the Last Breath Practice because every night before my head hits the pillow, I devote my final few breaths before I sleep to meditating, and I ask myself, when I take my last breath, how do I want to feel? I take everything from my day, and I pour it into my meditation, and then I take what I learned from my meditation reflection, and I invest it back into my life. With each dawning day, I deepen my intention. I change my engagement with my life. I make different choices, and even more than that, It has transformed my life into a meditation. It means that no matter what comes my way, when I'm frozen at the door handle of the bank, I can meditate and I can free myself. I'd like to press pause now and ask you to reflect for a moment. Do you have your own daily practice of meditation, of deep reflection, where you take stock of your day, how you're feeling, Do you have a safe space in your life where on a daily basis you give yourself permission to lay down all that you carry or give it up to something greater than you, your higher meaning and your greater purpose? Gently breathe for a moment and feel into your answer to my questions. Can you initiate or deepen into your own daily last breath practice? Where will you do it? At what time and what specifically will you do to support your mind in focusing, in relaxing, so you can really sink into the richness of this practice and make it fulfilling and revealing? Take a moment to reflect on what relaxing looks like, what it feels like for you. Can you create this experience for yourself each day? Last Breath Community, allow us to support you in establishing your own daily practice and support you as you navigate whatever life brings your way. You're welcome to learn more by coming on over to thelastbreathpodcast.com and becoming a member. Let's circle back now to today's show. Here's what I now know. There can be no meaningful meditation. There can be no meaningful life without courage. The courage to look where we have been trained to look away. The courage to listen the courage to feel, the courage to feel things like our fatigue, our depletion, and instead of trying to stay ahead of them with more coffee, more work, less sleep, less time with family, we need to have the courage to stop. Last breath community, sometimes stopping 
is the best way to start. Sometimes stopping is the best way to start. And how do we do that? Through our daily meditative practice. And how do we meditate? It's simple. We just have to train ourselves to have the courage to feel. We have to train ourselves in remembering what it means to feel. I have my own specific framework for it. I call it Feel, Reveal, Heal. And it's the formula I use to anchor myself in my own daily last breath practice. And it's the method I use to apply to the world no matter what it sends my way. This isn't just some new age notion. This is a deeply rooted ancestral practice found in most indigenous cultures and most traditions of the Asian and African continents. And I'm going to really rattle your notions of meditation now by saying that meditation is deeply American. Meditation and life as meditation is deeply American. It is the foundation of some of the most powerful social movements for the pursuit of peace and justice. What do I mean by that? Great American civil rights leaders, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., the late Congressman John Lewis, these giants of our history were also human beings who devoted each day to a courageous practice of inner reflection, of meditation. They had their own version of a last breath practice. Dr. King called it the daily personal commitment, and Congressman Lewis called it a daily executive session with myself. Each day, they would courageously go inside themselves to find peace. They trained themselves, disciplined their minds, their sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems. They trained themselves with every thought in an inner discipline of peace. Each day, they invested inside themselves in creating peace within and expanding their capacity to feel peace, even as they also simultaneously felt anger or pain or frustration or overwhelm. They knew how to feel, reveal, and heal. They knew how to feel. They knew how to have the courage to feel, to authentically face things. They also knew how to reveal and heal. Meditation is frequently misunderstood by people who don't know how to practice it as something where you shut down your mind. That couldn't be more far from the truth. Meditation, as Representative Lewis called it, is an executive session with yourself. You have to engage your frontal lobe, your higher cortical centers through compassion and critical analysis. It's both mind and heart. It's about using the full capacity of our minds and hearts so that we can reveal and heal. To meditate is to feel, reveal, and heal. This is why any freedom we will ever realize as one human family begins within. Now, what does this Dr. Mama with a podcast who gets paralyzed going to the front doors of the bank with her baby have to say for herself next to two American giants like Congressman Lewis and the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.? I have plenty to say for myself because I know I have courage. I know I have courage because I practice it. I practice it every day. I have the courage to keep trying, to keep learning. And I have the courage to affirm that my life matters, that the life of my black baby boy matters. Last Breath Community, my home is just one hour away from where a brother, George Floyd, was slowly murdered publicly under the knee of another brother, a white police officer. It took the global broadcasting of this eight minutes of horror to finally call me to a new level of courage as a human being. And this process of waking up 
of rolling up my sleeves, it started by first going within. This is my activism, my practice. I was forced to open up my inner space in a new way. I had to see how inside me I was part of George Floyd, and I was also part of the police officer who killed him. Ubuntu. Ubuntu literally means humanity. As the late Archbishop Desmond Tutu describes in the Book of Forgiving, it is the philosophy and belief that a person is only a person through other people. He goes on to say, this interconnectedness is the very root of who we are. And as Chief Seattle said, man did not weave the web of life. He's merely a strand in it. Whatever he does to the web, he does to himself. Last Breath Community, I feel when George Floyd called out to his mother, he was calling out to the sacred. He was calling out to compassion, to the heart of every human being. As a mama myself with two black baby boys living one hour from where he was murdered, his call reached me. It reached deep into my heart and it felt like an indictment, an indictment of my own ignorance and complicity. His call was also a call to action and many of us heard it, like Congressman Lewis said before he transitioned. My fellow Americans, this is a special moment in our history, just as people of all faiths and no faiths and all backgrounds, creeds, and color banded together decades ago to fight for equality and justice in a peaceful, orderly, nonviolent fashion. We must do so again. Last Breath Community, my particular form of activism begins on the inside through my daily meditative practice, just like Dr. King's daily personal commitment, just like Congressman Lewis's daily executive session with himself. In taking inspiration from them, I've deepened my commitment to sitting down each day and bravely going even deeper in confronting and unlearning dysfunctional beliefs, habits, and coping mechanisms I've internalized. This may sound uncomfortable, but it's actually not. It opens up an enormous reservoir of joy. Meditation has become a new form of education, of unlearning and remembering that joy. Meditation is where I feel, reveal, heal. Meditation is that courageous space of truth that can only come from deep reflection within, that space where education and life experience goes inside us and is transformed into wisdom. Meditation is that practice of sitting in the darkness and facing those parts of us that have been blinded by fear and learning to see again. And as we begin to see, as we discover that inside our fear, wisdom lived all along, we begin to tap into an enormous reservoir of power to give life to our dreams, to create a life of peace for ourselves and our human family. So how did this previously exhausted Dr. Mama, who paused this podcast because it forced her to listen to her own personal story of fatigue, use all these experiences and lessons to finally be able to return to you? How was I able to move out of fatigue and into fulfillment? How was I able to move out of fatigue and into the fullness of myself so that I could write again, press record again, and send out this message to you? Last Breath Community, in this time of pause, of deepening into courage, very naturally and organically, my practice has evolved and expanded. Now, every morning when I wake up, before the rising of the sun, 
I have started to ask myself a new question. I have a new additional morning practice. With the first few breaths of the day, I meditate and I ask myself, how am I going to come alive today? How am I going to come alive today? How am I going to come alive? Last Breath community, I feel like I've struck gold with this question. On this podcast, we're all about asking powerful questions, lines of critical inquiry that blow open our imagination and allow us to authentically move deeper into our own peace and power so we can live a purposeful life, a fulfilling life. Have you ever woken up in the morning and asked yourself as your first order of business, how am I going to come alive? Last Breath community, can you hear me? Can you feel me? Do you sense where I am going here and where I'm inviting you to join me? In forthcoming episodes of this podcast, we're going to reflect further on where this question can lead us. Last Breath community, this question has taken me in all kinds of courageous new directions. Asking myself, how am I going to come alive today? has organically inspired my imagination so I can create something new. In the name of coming more alive, I'm one of millions of people leaving their jobs, part of a movement that some economists are calling the Great Resignation. This is the power of pause. In my eyes, I think this time of pause we are in is really about a return, a return of imagination, of imagining, Radically reimagining human life as one of possibility, possibility for everyone. I think this time of pause is a return to remembering, remembering that this life, this one human life, this one breath of life belongs to you. No one owns your breath of life. No one can own you. No one is allowed to take away your breath of life, not even your self-doubt, your breath belongs to you. And even more than that, your breath belongs to your dreams. Last Breath community, it's time to remember your one breath of life and what you came here to do with it. It's time to return to the very beginning, to those very first few breaths. It's time to remember why you even showed up in this world in the first place. Every one of us has a role to play in creating a more peaceful world for our planet's children and it begins by opening up our inner space. Can you initiate or deepen into your own last breath practice, your daily practice of protected relaxation time to let go, decompress, release some of what you carry? You don't have to carry it all. You don't have to carry everything for everybody. Another way is possible. Can you? Take time to meditate and awaken and expand your imagination. Can you ask yourself daily before bed, when I take my last breath, how do I want to feel? And if this was my last day on earth, how do I feel? Now, if you are feeling fatigued and depleted, which is something I was feeling and the reason I had to pause the podcast, I would encourage you to go and see your doctor to ensure that there's nothing going on with your health. And once that's all been ruled out, I would encourage you to then go into your evening meditation practice and start to imagine what your life would look like. Can you begin to imagine what you would look like, what you would feel like to be fulfilled? Can you imagine what that shift from fatigue into fulfillment looks like? Don't worry about the how. Can you just start to feel it? Can you just start to see it? 
The great scholar and activist Bell Hooks wrote and spoke prolifically on the healing power of radical imagination. She said, to be truly visionary, we have to root our imagination in our concrete reality while also simultaneously imagining possibilities beyond that reality. I'll say it again. To be truly visionary, we have to root our imagination in our concrete reality while also simultaneously imagining possibilities beyond that reality. Last Breath Community, what I think Bell Hooks was reminding us of here was that imagining is a radical act of reclaiming power, the power to come alive, the power to do things differently, the power to live with one foot in this world and the other foot in the next one, the power of having one foot planted in the problems and challenges of today, while also courageously, lovingly stepping forward into the realm of possibility, the realm of the future. To imagine is to go deep inside ourselves, inside our courageous daily practice of reflection, so we can create something new. Is this inspiring? I think so. Is this all easy to do? I don't think so. I don't think this is easy. If it was easy, I think humanity would have healed itself by now of our collective dysfunction. (laughs) But more specifically, I think awakening our power of imagination is really hard, especially when we've been entrenched in cycles of fatigue and stress for so long that we just adapt to it. We normalize it. Fatigue and chronic stress has a way of changing the architecture of the brain in such a way that our memory and our capacity for recall also become impacted. The memory dysfunction and entrenchment of our lives in certain patterns makes it really hard to even recall moments of joy and fulfillment. We can't remember the things, the moments, the people, the experiences that brought us fulfillment in the past. It becomes hard to remember our dreams. We feel lost. We can look around us and it only reinforces this feeling of being trapped. And the more we look outside ourselves, the harder it can feel to find a way out. Last Breath community, sometimes stopping is the best way to start. Sometimes you have to stop what you've been doing, stop all the things that have you distracted that are draining you, and take time for pause, just a few minutes, to take time for rest and reflection. I've been doing this, and it's allowed me to unpack my fatigue and imagine my way forward to fulfillment. That's how, very organically, that question I mentioned of asking myself, how am I going to come alive today? emerged. How am I going to come alive today? Last Breath community, I invite you now to courageously consider the same question as we come together to conclude this episode. No matter who you are, no matter what you carry, even if you are carrying the weight of the world, of your family on your back, you are here to come alive and it's your responsibility to help move this world forward by reclaiming your joy through your breath of life and investing in your dreams because your dreams are our dreams. Ubuntu, Chief Seattle, whatever man does to the web, he does to himself. Last Breath Community, your own private dreams and secret longings don't actually belong to you. They belong to everyone. Because your dreams are our collective dreams. So now, let's practice. Let's practice giving life to our dreams, right here, right now. Can you ask yourself, how are you going to come alive today? 
How are you going to come alive? How are you going to come alive? Inhale through your nose. And exhale through your nose. How are you going to come alive today? Feel and listen in with compassion to the wisdom that is waiting deep inside you. It's time to start that conversation within. May you come alive right now, today, and every day, every moment, with every breath you take. Because creating peace begins now. The Last Breath Podcast is written and hosted by me, Dr. Teshkalsa, MD. The podcast theme song is written and performed by me. I'm a physician and educational consultant to the World Health Organization. The views expressed on this podcast represent my views only, specifically my own mission of connecting stress management, resilience, and well-being to our collective secret longing for rehumanization and liberation. The Last Breath Podcast is a free public service offered up to our one human family. Special thanks to Diana Williams and David Stenhouse of DDG. Special thanks to Makia Moody of Kairos and Heart Consulting. Special thanks to Avtar Singh Khalsa, whose song Freedom is featured on our season finale episode. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical evaluation or treatment. Our summer retreat is available now. Tickets are limited, so get yours today. Visit our show notes for details.